friends, welcome to the Living and Collective podcast, where we are inspiring and equipping women into living their full lives while working together as the collective. We are back today with our favorite psychotherapist, Leanne Spencer. She is, we love her to death. We have gotten such great feedback after our last two podcasts with her. And we are back for a Q&A today. So we're super excited to ask her all kinds of questions. I don't even know if we're going to be able to fit them all in in the time. We might have to do a Q&A again. <laughs> like a part two. <laughs> Leanne's going to be like, please quit coming to my office <laughs> for questions. That's not true. Um, but we're super excited and we know you guys have had some questions for her, so we're bringing those to her. Um, she's got some additional thoughts for us and we're going to just organically start and go right into it. Yeah, it sounds so good. Mm-hmm. So we were so excited to hear back from you guys and hear some of the questions you had after we had some amazing feedback. Um, but definitely y'all want to dig in deeper and learn more. So we had some great questions and... You think what should I first one be? I liked you liked them. We're gonna mm-hmm. we're gonna go right to like a client question that I got. I'm just okay. gonna read it cool. right off the bat. Yeah. Okay. So I got this from a client and and I honestly didn't know how to answer it and I thought of you right when she sent it to me. She said, I want this. Consistency is so hard. What the heck can I change? Why the heck does my desire not line up with my consistency? So what is what is that piece where people are like, I want this, I want to do anything, and they're or they're saying that, but why is the consistency piece missing? So what I'm assuming that person's probably saying is, I either want to get healthy in mm-hmm. some way, mm-hmm. it could be lose weight or just eat gluten free, whatever their goal is, but behaviorally I choose differently. Okay. So I'm assuming this person feels like they end up eating things that they were so confident. That morning, I'm so on plan and not going to do that. Would you think that captures it? I think so. Mm -hmm. Because consistency must mean in the end, my behavior doesn't match that which I wish was true about me. Right. So if we listen to that, I want this to be true about me, but I act this way. Mm -hmm. Oftentimes what happens there is if... They're either making, they need to look in the moment. They either hold a belief. Let's look at the beliefs. I would really want that person to stop and go, okay, let me think. When I wasn't consistent, the last time I wasn't consistent, I ate something that I didn't want to eat. Mm -hmm. Here's the deal. It's not true that they automatically went off plan. Mm -hmm. We choose to go off plan. But thoughts happen so quickly. Mm -hmm. We may not realize that while we are at work or while we drop the kids off, at school that morning, we made the choice then, right? And there's a lot of different things that we make the choice for, okay? And it's so quick and so subtle, we don't get it. So this person really needs to be thinking about what was the thought right before I got inconsistent? Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Like, I've had so much pressure on me today and deserve this, so a sense of entitlement. Maybe I was already off, that happened. What I usually find when a person reports this and they track their thoughts, is they actually have a bigger thought, bigger than their desire, which is, I'm not going to be successful, that I can't do this, right? And so when you have that can't mentality, so what happens is, I read about your guys' coaching plan, I sign up, I have the desire to want to do this with you guys and for you guys to be the right resource for me, but what's been my experience is I don't do it, I don't make it. I'll do it for a couple of weeks and I'll get off track. And that is lit up in them and they're not realizing it. Because remember what I said, desperation drives a lot. Mm-hmm. So I want to believe externally that my desire to want to do this with you all will carry me. Desire is a flame that gets fanned out. Desire doesn't carry us. Behavior does. So she's got to deal with the part of her that wants to be inconsistent. That rebellious part of her that wants to be inconsistent and not allow her to meet her goal. And I want to clarify something here when I use the word rebel. I'm not suggesting that she's not working hard enough to be thin. I think it's really important when we talk about this topic, I talk about it from a health perspective and not just getting thin. I'm not here to motivate and push people 
to be a certain number on the scale because I don't really believe in thinness. Okay? Uh, we're, we're totally with you. Yeah, so I wouldn't want anybody to misinterpret why well, she doesn't have the drive to do it. What I'm actually saying is we can be successful at whatever goal. I want to make six figures. I want to be a mom who doesn't have anger. I want to be a person who does healthy. If I hold the belief that I can't do that, I end up losing it and spending too much money, or I end up losing it and being angry with my kids, I end up losing it and eating that food, those people might all be struggling with the same belief that I can't make changes. Mm -hmm. I can't change. I'm the inconsistent dieter with high desire. Right. But that's not the loud voice they're hearing in their head. So that's why they're feeling frustrated because they think, gosh, I just hear and feel this desire, but you're saying... In the background, really that kind of fear of failure is stronger than what we're thinking in our mind. I think that the loud voice that mm -hmm. I can't change is there. Mm -hmm. I think we tune it out okay. by saying I'm desirous and not really listening. That's what I'm saying. I would want this person to carry a journal or paper with them. And the minute they're inconsistent, if they don't realize before they're starting to be inconsistent, then after they were inconsistent... Even if it's two days later, I would want them to stop and play back in their mind like a movie. Go back and rewind. Look at the moment you were inconsistent. And then I want you to back up from there. Run more videotape. What was going on that day? Where were you? What do you think? Do you remember any other emotion you felt that day? They're going to be convinced they didn't hear the loud voice. I will believe them at that moment. It was present. They've got automatic reactions to that voice and they're not hearing it and talking back to it we've got to talk back to it before they actually complete inconsistency yeah does that make sense there's yeah. thoughts motivate us not feelings feelings drive thoughts right excuse me i said that backwards thoughts drive our feelings we don't just end up inconsistent some thought was there and it drove me to make a choice which made me feel like I'm an inconsistent person who doesn't follow through with her desire. Mm -hmm. That's not a fact that this person is always inconsistent. Yeah. Makes sense? I mean, truth bombs right up the gate today. That was really good. I feel like we could just be like, check here. And that was, that was so But good. it's difficult, right? Because it's it going to take effort. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And this is where I think we reverse the health process. And that's where I talked about time last time we were together. Remember, I talked about planning fallacy. We yes. severely underestimate the amount of time and energy that something's going to demand from us to do well. And I shared from my own personal experience that when I told a client, hey, I'm working on the same goal as you are. I'm prepared to take 18 to 36 months to meet the goal. Mm -hmm. I think they wanted to quit services with me and go, well, crap, you must not be very good. I'm, there's no way I want to work on this 18. The truth is it'll be a lifetime. I'm talking about the loss right. period, not right. maintenance. Loss period, 18 to 36 and I think that's because there's going to be things that come up and there's going to be real life and you got to be realistic about this process, right? So most people have a really hard time mentally wrapping their head around that length of time. I think we've been, you know, our culture is like in the diet world that anything past a couple months is just like, whoosh, right? And um, so I'm seeing, I'm sure you're seeing it too clients that make progress and they're kind of let's say in the middle they're still in that change period but they have made progress but they still see there's like so far to go and they're like losing that motivation and I you know try to point out things like or I think in my to myself too well what's the alternative you're just gonna slide back and then you're gonna be back right at the beginning where you started like what would you say to someone right in that middle period where you've been working on it, but you feel a little unmotivated because there's still this further part to go? Right. I saw an interesting quote the other day when I was doing some research, because as you guys know, I make cards. I'm always researching for things for cards to keep it fresh for the brain. And it showed an EKG. And you know your Apple Watch will do that now, or the newer ones. Yeah. But you know what an EKG pattern looks like? It's got spikes up and down, right? Well, it said on the quote, and I thought, I love that. It said, if you don't have ups and downs, you're probably not alive. A flat line is death. That's how we recognize death, right? And we call it, we call the code, yeah. your flat line. Right. But when it comes to dieting, we want a flat line, right? We want to get on and know it's loss, 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 goal, bam, I'm good, get off that train, and now I'm free to resume life as is. Right. Right. 
And that's at all, that's not health at all, but that's what I think we want as consumers, right? The spikes, the up and downs, even the plateaus, that's a signal that you're alive, that you're probably living life. And I wish we could embrace that. What it probably signifies if we're upset with that is again, go back to your thoughts. You don't accept yourself as you are. One of the biggest challenges I have about being even a therapist that helps people with eating issues is I have to have my own sense of core confidence and ability. I know this struggle personally, and I've got to do it over the 18 to 36 months that I'm losing, and I have lost some pounds, but I'm not at my goal. I have to still be able to see what's the call in my life and serve people and believe that I can offer them input, even if I'm maybe not sitting there at a certain size. I have to be able to accept me, accept the journey, believe we're a community. That's why I like your guys' title, you know, the living in collective. We can't do this on our own. We need to do it in community with people. We need to have coaches that guide us through this. And really, guys, in the end, if the worst thing in the world is I, let's say I worked with you guys as my coach. If I worked with you guys till I was 75, but it made me reach my health goal, wouldn't that really be okay? Mm-hmm. I mean, when, what would be so wrong about that if that's how I got there? Would I take back any of the pounds I lost just because... It took a while and I did it with a coach. Heck no, I would just be grateful right. that I had accountability, right? And that I kept my walk. So people need to look up their thoughts. The thing I was saying about is having it backwards is we need to learn how to handle discomfort. We need to learn how to deal with some of the thoughts that come up that get us off track. And when we go along and we're successful or we're hitting a lot of plateaus and we want to quit, it's because your thought is this is exactly what happens to me. Darn it. I started this program with the same hope I started all the other diet plans. The ones that come in the box, the ones that had you take shots, the ones that had you get rid of all carbs, the ones that did whatever, had you drink just a shake five times a day and eat no other foods. I start with all this hope and then the minute I'm not comfortable about what's happening, I quit myself. And that's the thought we have to look at. How come it's not okay? that I've had plateaus Mm. and setbacks and put on a little and took Mm. off. How come that's not acceptable? You're still meeting a coach. You're still working it. Yeah, you need to check and make sure you're doing your basics and confront yourself if you're not. But if you are, would you really take back the little bit of progress you made? Right. Just because it wasn't the end number? Right. No. Absolutely not. And even looking back on things like when I've worked with coaches, you know, physically or nutritionally, and I don't look back and... I don't remember all the the spikes and the feelings in the moment. I just think about, oh, that was such a good experience. Like you kind of see the rainbow from the beginning to the end as opposed to all the little things in between in my mind. Right. I don't remember all the... Yeah. And honestly, don't you feel like even on our health journeys, it is still a journey of becoming the best version of you Mm -hmm. in in a holistic way too. So it's not just about... We've talked... We talk about this a lot. I mean, it's not just about you know, a number on a scale or even like your time and your mile run or anything like that. It's about who are you becoming as you're achieving those goals. And we know like we grow as people, it hurts more, but we grow as people when we're doing the up and down because we're learning and we're, we're changing. And if it was just easy, if it was like a flat line, which we know doesn't exist, um, we wouldn't be changing as people. So Mm -hmm. that's kind of a beautiful thing. I love that perspective that even if it took me till Mm -hmm. I was 75, like, who am I going to be when I'm 75? If I keep working, I'm going to be a whole different woman than I would be if I just decided to quit right now and mm-hmm. say, well, right. that sounds like too long, so yeah. I'm out. The other thing I would say in fairness to this person, and then we can move to another question or just this idea, is I think I said this the last podcast. I want to say it again and again. Weight is complex. Mm-hmm. Weight is complex. It's complex for a multitude of cultural, biological, social, environmental Um, but also psychological reasons. So I'm an EMDR consultant and therapist, and Francine Shapiro, who founded EMDR Therapy, one of her books talks about the past is present. One of the things I'd like to work with people on is sometimes when a person says, I don't like this, or a feeling of I'm not being consistent, or I don't like where things are and I might quit because look where we are in the middle, sometimes that's a very old feeling that's come up. And they've probably, if they looked back, felt that way at other times in their life. Um, 
And what happens when we start doing things that are really valuable to us and we start doing this work and we start seeing success, our brain also processes when was the last time there was this success and feelings that went with that. And the brain is really interesting about what's set up. So some people have had some adverse childhood experiences. And we know from one of the largest Kaiser Permanente studies that people with what we call a high ACE score might be those people who find it very difficult to lose weight, even on a, on a diet plan. And that's because there's some work that has to be done. The body is always, as Bessel van der Kolk says, keeping the score. The body remembers, right? Is that the name of our book? Mm-hmm. It's yeah. It's the book. Okay. And so we know that memories, experiences, especially adverse ones, are stored in the body. And even though you're not walking around remembering those things and recalling them, the body does. It can't disseminate, oh, I'm working with Christy and Lacey. This is cool. This is not bad. This is good. It just knows, okay, before when we've done WordList or had to write down what we did or got hope or lost and then we gained, blank happened, Right. And so the body can be responding. And so people need to look on a deep level that this uncovers a lot when we try to get healthy. And that's why we also need time to be patient. Mm -hmm. This is not just to get the pounds on the scale down. This is, we're going to uncover a lot of things about how we've been operating, the thoughts we have, what we give ourselves. Adults can have adverse life experiences that impact their ability to really get healthy and adhere. So people need to be very loving, very compassionate, and very grace-filled to their bodies when they go through this process. And if you're a perfectionist and you just thought you were gonna whack out this plan and your temperament is towards perfectionism and just knocking out list, body's gonna come up against that, okay? And, and tell you differently about what happens. So it's a full rounded process. There's, I want them to be very loving to themselves and realize it's not just about perfection. We ask our clients a lot when they first start with us, you know, to really think about what their whys are. You know, why why do you want to do this? Just for them to connect with themselves, you know, why are they doing it? And oftentimes what starts a client um, gives them their initial motivation are external factors. And then as they go, sometimes those things evolve a little bit and it becomes more like, wow, I'm feeling better. Even though, you know, what I came to you for initially, I wanted this goal in this box. And sometimes our clients change and like they realize, okay, I don't really want that. Like that, that number was never really realistic. And right now I'm, I'm feeling so good. I'm sleeping so good. I'm feeling healthy. I'm working out every day or three times a week or whatever. Um, do you think it's important um, for women to have a healthy why that's not associated with um, the, just the strict external appearance? Or does that really matter where their why comes from? I struggle because I'm going to give you a therapist answer. Like, I don't, and I don't ask why. Mm. Because I think where it puts us in the brain when we ask the question why is there's a judgment. And I would always, I think people are afraid, oh, I can't really tell Christy or Lacey the reason I want to do this is my reunion. That will sound superficial. And so I'd actually be afraid that they wouldn't be in the right place to be vulnerable and transparent enough to really say, I mean, I don't know. Is someone brave enough to walk in and go? Because most people in desperation say, I'm doing this because I hate myself. I don't like the way it feels when I walk around. I mean, we're usually in a pretty negative place. I don't know anybody who's like, man, I'm just chucking and jiving, feeling so fantastic about myself. I want to get an eating plan because I already feel so good. Like, I just don't know. We have gotten those people, though. I would, I'd love <laughs> to meet them. I think that's fantastic. I, I mean, it's rare, but... Because right. most people I've met feel like there's something defective about me, whether right. it's the size of clothes, how I look, not having enough definition, wanting more definition. It's not always about weight loss. Yeah. It could just be about different things. Um, and some people are in pain and don't want to feel in pain anymore. And so I want to eat better and I want to eat foods that don't cause me pain. So most of the time I meet people who feel, and I'm not a nutritional person. I work yeah. on the mental part, but most of the time it's negative. I think the better question is to really, I remember so a person I was seeing said to me one time, and she would ask me every time, and I thought, she's a genius, I'm copying that. So copy me, if you want. Yeah. But the first time, and it hit my brain, because I've never had a person ask me that, she said, it was actually a physician um, that I was going in and we weighed, and she said, by the way, can you tell me exactly what was going on in your life the last time you weighed this number? And she would ask every time what was going on. I remember one time I plateaued, and she turned back to the first, I had gained a couple of pounds and then I had plateaued at this new number. And I wasn't really remembering the week she'd asked me this. 
And then she looked back and said, like, in my life, when have you weighed this number? Like, she gets all the details for that. And it was really interesting to try to identify patterns or things. And none of it was conscious. I wasn't re-choosing to weigh that again mm -hmm. because the same thing was going on. It was just helpful to create that awareness, right, of how the body and how what you're going through in life move through space and time or how long have you been at this number. It was just interesting that she collected that data. When I look at a person's eating problem, one of the questions I like to ask is when. So I change why to when or how or what. You know, when you reach a goal, when do you think will be different? When you made the decision to call here, what was going on that made that the day you were going to call and sign up? When you decided I'm going to write the check and do that and get this coaching help, what pushed you over the edge to make that decision? Because I think people have to really look at on a deep level, what was it? What was it that made me do that? So maybe asking like, what made you sign up for the program instead of your what? why yeah when you drove oh, here what were you yeah. telling yourself yeah. was going to happen yeah you know? and we know because like we'll talk you know you and you're the same and I'm the same like as far as the things that I want to do like let's say I want to meet with a therapist you know I have it in the back of my head for about six months yes but then one day I finally am like oh my gosh Something pulls the trigger. I am emailing Leanne to get a referral because I can't do, do this anymore yeah because if a person so said I, mm -hmm. I felt disgusting I can't mm -hmm. go to my high school reunion say it's a weight loss person yeah. and they say that I'm going to write that down because later when they come in and go, hey, that part of you that can really dial in that I hate myself, I can't show up in front of people looking like this, is she out right now? Mm -hmm. Because you actually did, when did you get credit for good work? Mm -hmm. No, you may not be at a goal you made up and maybe we have to change the goal. Maybe the goal's becoming too big of a focus. But I remember it this week and this week, I remember what you looked like when you lost two pounds or what you were doing here. There was a part of you that could give yourself credit for good work. If you're ready to quit today, you're not giving yourself the credit for good work. All you're recalling is I'm not that number mm -hmm. or I haven't continued to lose all week. How come we're not, how come we lost the part of you that could give credit for good work or remembers the good work and today all that can show up, it seems like you've gotten back in touch with that idea. And I don't think that's therapy oriented. I, I wish friends could talk yeah. to each other that way. Right about how'd you get back in touch with that part of you who's like this? Because this is where you start talking yourself into quitting and believing this wasn't the program. And three weeks from now, you'll be on something else. Because the real issue is we want something external to solve this for us, and we're allergic to hard work. We're going to be uncomfortable. We're going to be scared. we got to deal with feeling deprivated. we got to deal with feeling different and separate and not doing what everybody else is doing. And there are ways to deal with all that stuff. That stuff's not factual. It's just what we make up. Mm -hmm. And then soon it becomes our justification for quitting. Quitting relationship of meeting with you guys, quitting the insight and the acceptance you offer because every time a person comes and you love them through wherever they are, that's what they're really quitting, right? They're quitting that moment of relationship and somebody walking through it. We don't need to do that anymore. We need to stay in the relationship because that's how we're going to be changed, right? I mean, it's Ooh, powerful. That's good. It, yes. I love yeah. sure. allergic to hard work. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I think helping a person see, it seems like you're really stuck today on this idea of only highlighting the number on the scale and you're really yes. rejecting the good work mm -hmm. that's happened. And let's, let's, let's do a plan for that. Three times a day, pull out a card. That. I yeah. love that. that. So the All cards. my clients are going to hear it and be like, I don't feel like this sounds like you, Lacey. This sounds just like me. I'm on the podcast. Stop. Stop We're that. one in the same. Right? But you're the one with the clients, so you need to bring it to them and amplify it, yeah. right? So everybody should have a good a good credit card, which means did I give myself credit? And they should carry that in their wallet on the day they're struggling and check it at least three times a day that says give yourself good credit. So that's what your card would say. Give yourself good give credit. Yourself. And then when you were talking about doing research for your cards, you're, you're going and looking for quotes. What are you doing? Just anything that speaks yeah, to I'm you. Yeah, I'm not even that beautifully high tech. Um, what I actually do is just go on Pinterest and I okay. look for inspirational quotes. And what I okay. love about the algorithm in Pinterest is it starts learning what mm -hmm. I've selected. Awesome. And then it sends me more. I mean, mm -hmm. I get emails that say, you might like these 15. I'm like, scoroni. As soon as I get bored or tired with the 10 I found, I got 10 new in my backup system. And you're system. literally keeping these in your purse. Literally, I, I use a flashcard app now because oh, okay. I have so many. What but you called? can down flashcard. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> I learned it from my kids. It's how they used to oh, study yeah. for exams. Because oh, yeah. you can make your own. Yes. And then you name them. 
So I name them for different things, whether it's you got to look at the good stuff that's happened or you got to look at how you feel entitled right now. Like I deserve this. Mm. I deserve this so I can come home from work and get in the pantry and eat something that's off plan because I deserve it. Oh, yeah. I've been in pain and you don't know my day. So when I think for different things, and I can tell you what those labels are at the end of today, the areas that I think are vital. Yeah, that'd be awesome. That would be awesome. That they need to. We can put them in the notes, just like good. Yeah, that would be really good. Okay, so I'm gonna kind of hop back to one other thing. We get this question a lot, and I think we kind of touched on this last time, but we hear a lot. And I just had a friend last night tell me she's like, I just don't have willpower. I lack willpower. I have it all day until 3 p.m. Mm-hmm. Talk to us about willpower. So we did talk about that. I, to- I said that one of the reasons why a lot of times people quit is because they say, I have no more willpower or drive. Right. And I explained with the graph that we always start with, des- we can call it desire, we can call it willpower, we can call it desperation. They all mean the same thing, right? That I started with this drive and then we give in and we quit. Because I said the last time the podcast that things get hard, but they're usually not impossible, mm-hmm. right? And so we need to move through and I gave the example of the shuttle and the locket launchers that willpower only gets you out of the atmosphere and then you have to develop engines that take you into outer space. Willpower is never meant to do more than get you to your office, signed up, starting them and maybe the first month entering your data, getting coached, etc. That's right. all willpower is for. So what they're really telling you is I lack the skill to build any engine to carry me beyond that. And the reason is because we constantly quit once we hit the atmosphere. Mm-hmm. We're always quitting when willpower runs out, so we never build the muscle right. for oh. coasting in outer space. So Willpower is not the issue. Okay. And losing willpower is not the issue. You never built anything beyond willpower. Right. We're going to want to lose focus. Mm-hmm. Things are going to get uncomfortable. And you have to have something that picks you up in that moment. Does that make sense? So like the yeah. minute you get to a friend's house and you said all day, I'm not going to have a drink or I'm not right. going to have sweets today. And then you get to the friend's house and they have all, everyone's eating the sweets or whatever it is. I don't want to say a specific thing. It's not that you are losing and you say, oh, I'm going to join everybody. It's not that you're losing the willpower in that moment. It's that you haven't learned how to solve a problem. Solve a problem. Yeah. So a friend was able to tell you And I get it. It's not like any of these traps are proprietary to this friend. Mm -hmm. Probably most of us have been there, done that, right? Yes. And I'm amazed that as soon as I knock down a trigger and get so good, I create a new one. It's amazing. I know. And so I've learned I just have to have a muscle for solving problems. There is no true bottom of my triggers. We will never not be triggered. But I just got better at solving it. Okay. She needs a plan. She can tell you I lose it at 3 p.m. Right. So she had a really specific example. So let me tell mm-hmm. your example, and then we can talk like through the points. Yeah. So she's like, um, she works in an office, and she's like, Tiff treats. I mean, she's gonna crack up. I'm talking about her, but it's all anonymous. I, yeah, I don't know. She her. said Tiff treats comes three times a week, and she said I just go get tell myself I'm just gonna get one cookie, and she said I can never just stop one cookie. I tell myself I'm just gonna have one cookie today, and she's like I go back four times. I always have four cookies. Is, are you saying she hasn't stretched the muscle of like forcing herself to stop at one and using that strength to figure out what that looks like so it's not working in the future because she's never exercised that muscle? Is that true? Okay. And let's back up from there because it's even bigger. It is not an automatic thought that overtakes her and causes her to eat more than one cookie. It's not. If that was true, let me give you an example. If it's automatic, she has zero control over it. You're just going to eat more than what you want, okay? And this is going to sound crazy, but probably the way Tiff's Treats deliver it is they can bring milk, they can bring napkins, and they can bring a box, and the warm cookies are in the box, and there's usually foil or wax paper. Clearly, I know this, right? (laughs) Notice, after one cookie, she doesn't eat the foil wrapper, she doesn't eat the box, and she doesn't eat the napkin. There's nothing automatic where her brain's just going to devour objects. She made a choice that she wants a second cookie. Right. Or that tasted great, I want more of that. Mm -hmm. That's what she did in the moment. If she actually consumed more than one cookie, she chose it. But what she's not realizing is back up from there, okay? If you know Tiff's Treats comes three days a week and you know the days or you just know when I get home from work at 3 p.m. or 5 p.m., I do blank, 
then she needs to ask herself one question. Here's the question I would want this specific person to ask herself and write it down and she needs to answer it every day, which is, I choose to eat cookies every time Tiff's Treats is delivered to my office because blank, fill in the blank. If she has one answer, she didn't try hard enough. I bet there's three answers. I'm tired. I feel deprived. I want to be like the others. They're warm. Mm -hmm. And just knowing they're warm over there, they smell good. You and I could go down probably a list. They remind me of when I was younger and I made chocolate chip cookies and used to eat them. Write that sentence down. I choose to eat the cookies every time they're delivered to the office because blank. And then she needs to realize that is a program that's running in the background. That is what made her choose to eat the cookie, right? Mm -hmm. And then she's got to write next to that once she gets the list. She has no counter thoughts for that. She leaves herself vulnerable and a victim to it because there's no pre-planning. If you know what happens at three, you know what happens at five, solve a problem, come up with a plan. At her desk, have, I don't want to say a brand, flavored water yeah. underneath her desk. Mm -hmm. Um, have her snack available. She knows what days that's on her list. And when it comes, have a beautiful napkin, bring out her snack, bring out her water. And if she's like, well, that's not the same, then what's that thought that goes with that? This is less than having a water and this snack or my granola and my few nuts and saving it for then. If that's less than, it's her mental thoughts that, are dr that end up causing her to eat more mm -hmm. cookies. And she can overcome it, but guess what? Gotta have a journal, gotta have a pen, gotta have cards got to be willing to start noticing where you're weak and making a plan. So when she comes in with you, I would want you guys to be able to go, so let's talk about what's happening when Tiff's treats. Let's come up with your plan. What can you have that offers yourself something? Because the problem is not Tiff's treats. The problem is you haven't built that muscle to solve a problem when it comes. And I can't solve it for you. There's no pill I can take that will make you not want those particular cookies. But you can choose it because there's other reasons. So once she answers the question... I choose to eat those cookies every time they're delivered because blank, and she's gonna list the reasons. Then she's gonna write over here her compelling reasons for not eating it. I wanna believe I have some mastery over sugar. I wanna believe Tiff's Treats is not really a hypnotic evil that comes into the <laughs> office. I wanna see myself be healthy. I wanna know that what I have under my desk is just as good. I want a sense of self-dignity that I'm beginning to do what I say I wanna do that my word follows through with action. So whatever her list is, that may not sound like her voice, but if I don't take the time to write that every day, I will not win this battle. Mm -hmm. Because the easy part of me that just wants to dive in and taste that sweetness, taste that excitement, taste that nurture, it will win until I learn how to talk back to mm -hmm. it. So yeah, that's the muscle. And then the more you do that, you, the more you use that muscle, and I mean, I'm of course, yes. myself in yes. these shoes right now, too. I'm like, oh, I made it, and I was fine, yes. and, you know, life moved on, and I could have tipped treats the next time. Or Absolutely. Like, I always have this sense of, like, oh, this is it. This is the final day of the cookies, or, you know, just, like, it's never going to happen again. And I think sometimes if we change that in our brain, like, ice cream will be here forever while I'm in my period of change, it's okay. Because I think when you start cutting yourself off, restriction, that's that whole thing we talk about a lot, it almost goes the other direction because you yes. think, oh my gosh. Yeah, and I love that you brought that up because the other reason, she does need to answer the question and battle the fight, I mean battle the thoughts that are there and figure out her compelling reasons. But here's what I want to say. I said, let's have love, grace, and compassion. Mm -hmm. So here's my love, grace. There's the technical answer and here's my simultaneous love, grace, and compassion answer. Have You can learn how to have one cookie. Put it on your plan. People who struggle, I will bet you, and I'm, I'm confronting myself with this. I know how hard it is. I have started to notice that the biggest struggle will match the amount of times I'm not writing down what I'm eating or entering what I'm eating. Yes. If I'm not doing that, I have more of a tendency to believe I can do this on my own. Um, it'll be okay. But there is, it's proven study after study that if we're writing down, have a plan. If she knows what days the treats come, pick the day. And have them, but let yourself experience maybe Monday and Friday you didn't, but you ate them Wednesday. Let yourself see they don't have total control over you. This thought that I have no control over Tiff's treats is a lie. You can show that it's a lie and have treats. And the person who's struggling with that must be too restrictive. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Um, people who don't do realistic plans, that's another reason why we need to be 18 to 36 months because you'll so restrict, you'll get rebound and not stay. Whereas if you just, I said it might slow down your weight loss mm-hmm. and you might have to accept that. But if you're living and you're happy, would that be okay? Yeah, absolutely. Really? Absolutely talk about the restriction piece yeah. all the time yeah. with each other, with our clients on yes. almost every podcast. Or... And the reason they won't go with it is because people really want to lose all their weight too fast. Yes. Yeah. Number one problem, we want it fast. Yeah. So when you're nice and loving and sweet and smile at me and say, well, let's do the ice cream. I'm like, oh, see, I make up things. You never did that. I bet you don't eat ice cream. So I'm not going to eat ice cream because yeah. I want to do this fast. And we need to stop that behavior. Mm-hmm. It's not true. We have no idea what you eat and what you don't eat. Mm-hmm. And we need to focus on ourselves. That's yeah. just another fancy way of trying to quit. We need to get on our own stuff. Do I want to have ice cream on my plan? Do I not? Right. And am I willing to go slow? I need to own myself inside my hula hoop and get out of yours. Yeah. Right. That is so helpful. Like even coming back from spring break, this spring break, you know, my family and I traveled and we had a great time and I just had so much fun and didn't like think about anything, just enjoyed everything in the moment, came back home, and immediately that old voice was like, oh my gosh, like what can you do to get back on track? And then I was like, no, you don't have to do anything special, just get right back on your plan. Like you don't have to do anything, like you don't have to just like only eat vegetables for the next two weeks to help detox your body. Like no, just go back to what you know is your thing. I, I love that. It doesn't have to be extreme. And that's normal, what you're talking about. People are going to think that way across the board, regardless of what they weigh on the scale. What I love at what you did is your internal voice came back and said, no, wait a minute, pause on that, freeze frame. We just got to get back on track. Mm-hmm. Most of us who quit programs are struggling, have not developed that voice that can come back, mm-hmm. which is why I want the cards, why I want the journal, why I ask questions and make them write counter thoughts. We're trying to develop this loving internal voice that has balance to counter that other voice. Both of us a long time to develop those skills, but it has been just like a lot of practice, a lot of using that muscle, like you said. Because um, we get comments like that all the time. Oh, you just have so much willpower, and you know, I'm like, what does that even mean? You know, I don't know. I mean, it's been a long journey of practicing different skills and. Um, to your point, the assumptions, my close friends crack up when people are like, oh, Lacey and Christy, they don't eat anything and drink anything and this. And my friends are like, oh my gosh, she can like throw down French fries. Like you don't even imagine. And it's just such a false assumption of people thinking I, that we live these perfect lives and we just eat perfectly and we work out perfectly. And it couldn't be further from the truth. Yeah. Um, Cause the real truth is I, the, Data just bears out that the real truth is, if I say something like that to the two of you, it's because whether I'm conscious of it or not, I feel defective inside. But it could be because my nose isn't like yours. It could be because I don't drive a car like you. Maybe I think your husband's better looking than mine. Maybe it's because I can't wear the same size clothes or I look at your body and go, oh, well, you've never been overweight there. We're always passing judgments. So Mm -hmm. when someone says you have more willpower, that is your clue right there that they are feeling somehow defective about themselves because I'm throwing a judgment on you. They don't know, mm-hmm. right? They don't know your journey. I don't know the trauma you've been through. Right. I don't know the recovery you've done. I don't think there's a lot of people out there, you know, this whole Walt Disney thing that there's such a thing as so white Cinderella and bluebirds land on their shoulders and they have the perfect life. I just don't know a lot of people with absolutely perfect lives. Do some people have less stress than others in their life? Yes. But I think that also goes up and down. Mm-hmm. So I think it's just, it's revelatory. It really says about where I am with me when I say you have all the willpower. And, and I don't think that's true. It's usually in a judging kind of way. Yeah. Um, I wanted to give some bullet points real quick if I could. Yes, um, please do. So when somebody's struggling, I made a list. Or they say, I'm not going to do it anymore. They're feel, you could feel discouraged. You could feel whatever that you're at a plateau. There's some things they need to ask themselves and a little inventory real quickly because you're right. The key is to live consciously, not unconscious, right? And we choose sometimes to go in and out of that because we want to numb ourselves or not do the hard work. So if you're starting to feel like I'm not where I was, I started this with a bang and now I'm feeling a fizzle, I want you to stop and ask yourself some questions. Am I being too restrictive? Do I feel deprived somewhere? Just really look, where is that, okay? Um, is it that I just don't want to put up with hunger? 
I don't want to put up with these cravings anymore. Um, I don't want to be restrictive for the holidays. Uh, is it that I'm done with eating differently than other people, right? Um, can I be done with that? Do I feel like I always restrict the restaurants my family goes to because I want to make sure these certain choices are on board? Um, is it I don't want to write down my plan? I don't want to enter my plan into any kind of program. Um, I don't want to change my routine. I don't really want to make time and energy for, for exercise, for shopping or writing stuff down. And finally, um, I don't want others unhappy with me because this, how my lifestyle might be impacting them. I think you need to write those down and ask yourself if any of that's going on because that's where the intervention needs to be, maybe even more important than playing with your food. Um, because those are going to get you off track. You're going to use those as excuses to quit mm -hmm. and maybe to eat something that day or quit altogether coaching for health. And those are usually the things we start using to get off track. So they're your warning signs that I'm not talking probably when I meet with you about what I really need to talk about. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. That kind of goes along with the before when you said like how you have to clean up your mind before you clean up your pantry idea mm -hmm. that we still... Always want to focus on the food piece. When those tools, that is so good. Writing those things down. Totally. Going through that. And then when you're talking about, like in the um, original episodes you were talking about, you know, when you are losing motivation, we're hitting these sticky times to go straight to your journal. Those are the kinds of questions you're asking yourself in your journal, or what does that look like? Yes. Okay. So if they play this back and write those questions down, they need to go answer them. Okay. Right? And really see what's going on for them in the moment. And you can have those questions written out and ask them each, each day, where am I with that? Because if you came back with, no, I love entering it today. I feel good about it. Can't wait to see what the data says. Then you're probably building that internal positive voice, yeah. right? Because you just argued back. You're showing that you have the ability to argue back. What's conscious about it is you're taking the time to realize those traps are there and how do I reply to them? Mm -hmm. But let's say you reply negatively. You're like, yeah, I don't have time for that and I don't want to do that then here's what I want you to do. These, these are the topics, and I wrote them down so I could list them all. Here's the cards I want you then. So write that in your journal. Mm -hmm. Answer those questions I, I talked about. And then I want you to do this. Here's some cards you need. You need a card that says, just to steal from Nike, just do it, or just do it anyways. That's one card. That's all that's on there. Just do it or do it anyways. The second one is try to eat intuitively or mindfully, meaning when hungry, be aware, sit at the table, don't rush through things, don't be standing, but eat intuitively or mindfully, okay? Then you're gonna to wanna to go, so here's my list I typically do with people. Um, the give myself credit card. Um, it's really okay to disappoint people. I'm gonna say no to extra food. I put my health and future first. I can move my body. Um, I can tolerate this. Um, if I'm hungry, after I eat, I'll wait at least 20 minutes. It takes about 20 minutes for satiation to really light up in the brain. So you don't want to judge hunger. You've got to really be watching your hunger as you eat. So I like to remind people, if you're hungry, can you just go wait or drink a glass of water and wait 20 minutes if you just ate? Because it's taking a while for that satiation to get there. Okay, so I like a card that says, no, it's not a choice, exclamation point. Because sometimes you just need to confront yourself. We do that to our children. Mm -hmm. No, you may not. Mm -hmm. Well, do it to yourself, mm -hmm. right? No, it's not a choice is a card. And then um, just get back on track, girl. Or get back on track, man, if you happen to be a man. But that's what I tell myself. Just uh, get back that. on track, girl, all right? The next one is be realistic. Is there something you need to add or alter about your plan? So I put be realistic on the card underneath that. Is there something I need to talk to my coach about? modifying in my plan and then write the words what I would tell a friend if a friend came and was telling you the exact same thing that's going on with you right now what would you tell them would you really say oh yeah dive into the Frito bag baby let's go get it and tear it open together most of us would not say that mm -hmm. we would hold that person's emotion we would listen to them we would have compassion and grace that's what you need to have for self so the card says what would you tell a friend okay the next one is oh well Remember I called it the brush off technique? Oh, yeah. oh, well, I really want those Tiff's treats and I don't want to do it one day this week. I want to do it three days. Oh, well, I'm on my plan. So dismissing that saboteur that wants mm -hmm. to come up and get me off my plan. Um, 
So celebrate is the check your um, good credit card. Um, I don't comfort myself with food anymore. Oh, that's so good. Mm -hmm. So I'm a person who chooses other things, that new identity that I want to get to. And then finally, I want to enrich my life. Sometimes we need to realize that we've just gotten into this habit of deferring to food, but we really need new hobbies, interests, and activities. So the card would be, I, I'm enriching my life, reminding me. And then on the back, I might put ideas. Go for a 20-minute walk, call a friend, you know, whatever. Um, that Those areas I just listed are cards that they need to have that they turn to in that moment of crux. Notice they're relatively positive or they're limit-setting. Like, no, it's not a choice. Okay. Or give yourself some credit for the good you've done. It's meant to get me mentally back on track. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. If you don't have cards like this and you don't write down these thoughts, it's too late in the crux to try to come up with it. Mm -hmm. you put this on your flashcard. Have it written down. Truthfully, I would love every day, and I think I shared this example last time, you know, in a lot of recovery groups, they do nightlies where they reflect back on the day. And you kind of do this advantage, disadvantage, what are my compelling thoughts, what went on. People really need to be doing that. We want to just go, well, I ate exactly what they said today. I didn't like it, but I did it. Okay, and we roll into the next day. Mm -hmm. And we don't own anything about the process. And we don't notate our triggers. And we don't do any preventative work, which is the cards. The cards are preventative. It's like, oh, yeah, I can just go, oh, well, I planned for that. The TIFF treats are Friday. I know you really want them today but we're having on Friday and I've got my snacks under the desk and then I can make it. I'll never get to own that I'm able to do that if I don't say no. Mm -hmm. And the cards might help do that. Yeah. Oh, those cards are so good. Those are so good. That first list you were saying of the questions before mm -hmm. the cards, mm -hmm. I mean, such like when you read them all in one order together, it was just such an overwhelming negative feeling. And that's how we talk to ourselves and all those reasons. That's that what's going on that you're not yeah. conscious that is of. Great. And yes. maybe one of those things or, but then when you say them all together and they were all relative, I could think of, you know, myself or a client that is applicable to everyone that you said, mm -hmm. but then all of the cards you said literally address the exact same point. And I was right. like, oh, here's the balance. There's the antidote, yep. right? So how do you get people to get there? Like I could, I'm just thinking about people or friends and I'm like, this would be such a great tool for them or even myself. Like, but they might be like, oh, that's just too much work. They don't feel like they need to implement that into their life, but it would be such a good tool. Is that just them deciding, I want to be better, I want to do better? Um, I mean, it kind of plays into this whole conversation. of. Yeah, so let's look at that because realistically we do need to look at have we chosen the best time to work on our health goals. And that always scares people because they're like, but I need to, it's life or death. Well, but when you do it, I don't want somebody to do something that they're using to cement the idea mm -hmm. that they're defective, mm -hmm. right? To start and stop. So here's what I say about that. When a person tells me, well, I just don't have the time to make those, if I could buy them or somebody could write them for me, that's what we call an internal trap. That's actually part of the health you need to have on the plan. Part of your food plan should not, should not only be eat breakfast, but before I eat, I go through this, right? The yeah. internal trap is I'm too busy. I'm too busy. That's why I just needed you guys to give me a printed food plan because I'm mm -hmm. too busy. That will work. For the willpower ladies, that will work the first bit. But it will end, right? Because when you say I'm too busy, I can't make those cards, what you're saying is this health journey this time is not my priority. Exactly. And Ooh, if it's not good. your priority, you're going to end up there. You're going to, six months in, 30 days in, yeah. 18 months in, if this is not a priority, if you can't say, I'm willing to rearrange, you know, so a common example is women who say, I can't do that because I have to, at, once school gets out, I have to be at every softball game, practice, teacher meeting, and I'm going to say something that might sound harsh. We really don't have to be at every single sport practice. If you are in the parking lot, you don't have to really be in the lawn chair on the sideline if it's a practice. If you make the majority of games, if you know how to inquire with your child how practice went afterwards and you show that I realize you had practice and tell me how it was and we had a great conversation, you're scoring probably more attachment points than sitting there in the lawn chair staring at them. But if you sit in your car or return home to be able to make these cards or write it, the mom or the dad that that person's getting, what you're role modeling to your children about how you take care of thoughts and how you, how you stay on goals and how you take care of yourself actually has more long-term value. 
But a person who says they're too busy, it's not their priority. It's an internal trap, and it can actually be a way that they keep themselves from being successful at this because, believe it or not, the bigger priority is holding on to this old negative thought that I'm defective, Mm -hmm. and I'm the one person in the world that weight loss will ever work with. And I've had to struggle with that before, and I will tell you that I feel like I've had some pretty hardcore evidence that I'm the one person that weight loss doesn't really work for. But I've also seen that that's not true <laughs> over the last mm-hmm. 20 months. And But it takes a lot of work to get there. And we can't be afraid of it. And we got to be compassionate and graceful and loving to ourselves and find coaches who can emulate that for us and hold it for us when we can't hold it for I ourselves. I love that piece of the grace and the love and the compassion. Because I think we can, especially when we're in this place already of just like the negative dialogue that we might not even realize we're mm-hmm. telling ourselves. And that's such a huge... Um, passion of both of ours is just learning ourselves how to love every bit of ourselves, but then also enabling other women to truly love themselves. Cause we have, you know, more than likely we've heard mm-hmm. some sort of negative message since we were younger and, um, you know, just, you just fall into it and then learning from you, like, Oh my gosh, we can even dive deeper to find out there's more tracks going on than we even realize of just this negativity. So I love the tool of the cards. Mm-hmm. That's great for, combating some of those things and mm-hmm. just reframing yeah, yeah and maybe that's... they you guys just keep cards in your office and maybe you just make one at a time when you talk to them on the phone or tell them make a mm-hmm. card of that right now that's what i do with people or i want you to write that. that down right now i just heard what you said so mm-hmm. you turn that around go write it down you're gonna need to read that again own your story right everybody's journey on weight loss will be different mm-hmm. but they need to own every step and if your collective is not emulating love grace and compassion they are not your people yes. exit stage right yes the f- best thing to take care of yourself is find your people find your collective they should build you up you shouldn't leave worse they that has to be that way oh, i love that that's so powerful we believe in that full-heartedly and it's not always easy and sometimes you have to have some hard yeah. reality checks with who you're spending time with and um in a way obviously that's always loving and forgiving but just it can have such a big impact. Yeah, and I feel like I'm talking too much, but I want mm. to say this real quickly. No, nope. never enough. If people are turned off when I use those terms, or if there's a little sensation that goes through their body, mm. and they're like, oh, that's her therapy thing to talk about love, grace, and compassion. Sometimes we like the idea of that, but we reject it for ourselves because there's this idea that if I start doing that, oh my gosh, if I believe you two women and I start doing this love, grace, compassion, acceptance... I'll stop. I won't lose any weight. I'll if I just love this. If I love this, then I won't have the drive anymore. Just think about that sentence. If I really have love, grace, and compassion for myself, I won't have drive anymore. The real insight behind that is you've been using negative, damaging, satirical, mm-hmm. lo- death-producing language to drive you to goals before. Mm-hmm. So I get this feels really threatening and really new, but I really don't know of any data that says when people had love, compassion, and acceptance for themselves, they stopped working. Most people actually lives light up. So I just want to come against that lie that you'll somehow accept where you are and not have drive anymore. What you're really highlighting is you're using negative energy to drive you the problem with that is when you get to the good and if you manage to get yourself to the goal you won't love her or him you won't have grace and compassion for how they got you there and you'll be right back to here again because all you know how to do is use negative right yeah i'm so glad you clarified that that's good because mm-hmm. some I, people will resist it yes it gets too yes. far and resist yeah. mm-hmm. and you're resisting for a reason i had a friend this week we were talking about she's like real motivational and we were just laughing over text and we're like, oh, people probably just get so sick of us just spewing, you know, motivation quotes. And um, she's like, oh, the next time someone, you know, rags on you or gives you any negative feedback, just ask them what their growth plan is. And I was like, oh, that's so good. But then I just keep thinking about it this week and I've tried to naturally incorporate that in conversations. And it really gets people because, and I posted a quote this morning. I know you haven't been on Instagram, right. but um, I was like, gosh, is women like... I think the safety net is just being stagnant and not even health goals, just in life, like this phase of life. Oh, I'm just good. I'm comfortable. But I think that's a, a cop out also. Like we all need to keep like growing and learning and changing and just like, what is your growth plan? And it does stump people because some people haven't, some people don't. And 
heck, I have no idea where I'm going to be in three years. And I think mm-hmm. that stalls people where they're like, well, I just don't know my goals. I don't know what I want to be doing. Or, But it's more than that. Just kind of, mm-hmm. even right now, like what are the actions you're taking right now to help yourself grow? And um, and it's like, it's the whole package. We keep saying the health goals. It's, it isn't just the weight loss. It's the whole thing, mental, mm-hmm. physical, spiritual. It's, it's everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so it's funny because I had this handout which you guys can post it and give oh, credit to her. It's not mine. And some people may have seen her TED Talk. I think I mentioned it on the last podcast about oh. Carol Dweck. Yes. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And growth mindset versus mm-hmm. fixed. So I love that your friend mm-hmm. encouraged you. Um, that's a bad copy. So good. But it confronts everything I'm saying, right? That our, I love that your friend said that, like, and what's your growth plan? Yeah. Because I think if we could talk to each other about that more, we could get over our own stuff totally and be better I had a mentor years ago when I was in grad school a long time ago who said to me so you have to do videotapes when you do therapy and they have to watch them back with you and it feels really vulnerable right somebody sees your work and they critique you so this man's very lovely and um he started watching my videotape of an appointment and he said and I was so young and so green but he said all of a sudden out loud and of course I just looked up to him because I thought he was brilliant and he said, all of a sudden, isn't this so sad? And of course, I panicked in that moment because I'm like, here comes an F and I'm in grad school and what's so awful about this tape? And I said, what do you mean? He said, and he was just staring at the tape and watching the session. He goes, isn't this so sad that if people really knew, because he heard something in what this person shared, he said, if people really knew how to do friendship, you and I wouldn't have a job. Now, I want to be fair, there's a need for a therapist and I think Frank was highlighting something that he feels passionately and spiritually about that if we would all just be more conscious and work on our stuff and share our stories with one another we'd realize we're all probably going through this nobody's really that defective it's the human experience but I love that you would ask people that because I think we have to train the people around us that we really care about I get that and it's painful and I've been there and it's horrible to feel that way about yourself and be sad what's your growth plan because I believe in you, right? Yeah. That's love commission. Mm-hmm. What's your growth plan? There's a growth plan for that. Like, that's yes. not impossible. That's just hard. Yeah. So I love that your friend encouraged mm-hmm. you to ask that. I think if we all did that to one another and said, okay, what's your growth plan? Right. What can you growth plan around right. that? Oh, you've got that deal with Tish Streets. What's your growth plan around that? Yeah. Because Tish Streets have got no mastery over you, right? Yeah. Um, and so I just love that. I want to encourage beautiful. people yeah. with that. Mm-hmm. She was great. Um, do you have any more questions? Yeah, I mean, we have a lot more, but I think we've taken a lot of time. Yeah. This is still like kind of a good. Yeah. So we love. We need Leanne. more time. Yes. I'm just sitting here like, when can I talk to Leanne again? Right. <laughs> Wait, hold on. I have all this whole other stream of thought. I think that's a, a long rabbit trail. No, I love that. And I love the thought of just, again, just going back to that whole, like, we know even reaching the goal isn't, even our highest goals, whether it's the money or it's the job or it's the body or it's the house or the car or whatever, that even when we reach those goals, more than likely they're not going to make us feel the way we think they're going to make us feel and give us that satisfaction. But that idea of who we get to become on the process, who do we get to become as women as we dig deeper into our minds and realize, I really loved when you explained um, before about how it's not deprivation, it's a choice and how like when you're with people and you realize I get to make this choice. And when you're sitting there and the tips treats are delivered, I'm not being deprived. I have my snack. Mm-hmm. It's my choice. I'm growing as a person. I'm growing, um, in what I really want. And then uh, again, like when we're, we don't have those things to anesthetize ourselves, whether it's food or alcohol or whatever behavior it is, like then we have to really engage in our relationships. We have to really have some of those conversations with ourselves or with our friends or with our spouse or our kids. I don't know. It just makes us into, I'm grateful for that, that like it does make us into different women as we work harder. We really appreciate mm-hmm. having some of these tools to help us. Yeah, and it's work. It's going to be blood, sweat, mm-hmm. and tears, right? Mm-hmm. And I'll close with this idea. If somebody's out there, here's their final card. It'll be a little bit longer. And feeling like it's just unfair or I can't do this or it's not going to work. Whatever that version is of the negative thought, I want them. Here's what the card would say. It would say, I am always faced with at least two choices at least two choices there's the choice of feeling sorry for myself and I stop what I'm doing and I remain unhappy that is a choice the second choice is 
I can start to sympathize with the feelings that are emerging. I want those cookies. I want to be thinner than I am. I can accept what I have to do to be able to do that. I have to plan for that. I, I can eat it Friday, but I can't eat it Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and that's enough for me. I can go ahead and follow that, only eat them on Friday, not Monday and Wednesday, and then I get to enjoy all the benefits of this new thinking. I get to feel strong from that. I get to feel a sense of self-determination and control that I solved a problem. I don't rely on willpower anymore. I think and plan my way through things and this becomes my new identity. Those are the two choices. It's long, play this back, write it all down. Those are the two choices you're always faced with. Keep it in front of you. So when something pops up, ask yourself, which one am I doing today? If you choose the first, then the third option must be that I begin to recover immediately. And I, what do I do? I do number two. I accept and sympathize with my mistake and I move forward with my recovery plan and I will get strong and one day win out against this the way I want to. So keep that in front of you. Keep it fresh. Oh, that's good. That's so good. And we love that any moment you can get right back onto your, your plan. That's so beautiful. You don't have to wait till next week. You don't have to wait till the first of the month. It's just like that next moment. You taught us that so well in the last. That was a huge takeaway for a lot of people. Everyone was like, I just loved the recovery plan, the idea of the recovery plan. Because we have been told like, oh, just start again Monday. Oh, just, you know, in our minds. And people are like, oh, wait, I can just change. Like, it's almost a new thought for people. Oh, I can just decide right after I just ate five cupcakes. I can decide right now I'm just back on the plan. I'm back yes. on. Yeah. Yes. Also remember, it's a signal that your plan could be too restrictive. Mm -hmm. Go over, mm -hmm. build in something, talk about the deprivation, and develop a thought to the deprivation. I'm not deprivated. I'm just making choices that help me reach a goal. So it's full round, right? Thank okay. you so much. Thank you, are you ladies. So Glad to see you guys again. Thank you. Thank you. We'll talk to you soon.